0: This is the Inspiration Science Podcast, your guiding podcast on evolving your own science and life to holistically strive. We believe there is no general way of living and healing, but your universal way. You succeed the highest when you do you. On this podcast, we'll dive into deep conversations on mental health and aligning purpose to business for enlightening harmony in life. I'm your host, Ossian June. Welcome, everyone, to the Inspiration Science Show. I'm so excited and honored to welcome my today's guest. Her name is Maggie Doane, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Blink Now!, author of Between Mountain and the Sky. And she's done so much incredible work. She's a beautiful soul, helped so many people around the world already. And Blink Now is now a foundation that is a nonprofit organization founded by Maggie in 2017. They provide financial support and management oversight in Kapila Valley School. And Kapila Valley in Nepal, I mean, I saw this incredible YouTube video from Nas Daily. This is how I actually come across Maggie. Um, it's a home for over six hundred uh, sixty children, and she served over 400. And it's also women's center that empowers more women through employment training in the world. And already, like before she turned 23, she already helped 200 orphans, and she adopted 65 children before 36 years old and done so much other incredible work. And everything started with a gap year that Maggie took. And today we're going to hear a bit more about her story. Um, behind all of this and I just want to say before we even dive in thank you so much Maggie for all the impact you've been creating and it's so nice to have you here. Thanks for having me (laughs) thank you I'm excited to talk. Yes thank you so much for taking the time you know to start off all of that what's been so far in you know this year what's been so far the biggest highlight you experienced this year? Oh
1: (laughs) Well, this year has really been about returning from the chaos that COVID created, um, especially in our our region of Nepal. You know, schools had been shut down. A lot of people lost jobs in our region. We went through a lot of food security issues and You know, now I think we're still living in the reality of COVID, but there's this sort of return to normal, figuring out what the learning loss was and yeah, just getting everybody back in school and safe and um, getting through the hard couple of years that we all as a global community just went through. So I'm just really loving seeing smiling faces in school every day and and getting back into action, I think education is everything. And unfortunately, when COVID hit, it really affected those who do come from marginalized communities, come from poverty. We're looking at, you know, major backslides in these issues of hunger and education, um, early marriage, child marriage, things like that. So, yeah, that's kind of been the big thing of this year. The big theme is let's get back um Let's get back in action and and keep our kids safe and nurtured and and loved and supported. And education is everything for, for our students.
0: Wow. I love that. And of course, there are different seasons, different things as well happening in life. And, you know, you're looking after so many children, your love for children is just insane. And, but everything, you know, it started with helping one child. And you mentioned that when you were 18, you were not really sure what to do, like what's the purpose in life. And then you went on a travel, you just took your backpack and, and then you, you met a girl, six-year-old Hima, and she was only like surviving on a few cents, breaking Stones and things. And you mentioned also through your story that that inspired you to help her. Could you share us a little bit, you know, of an insight of the story, how things started, and what internally really made you decide to help her? Yeah.
1: So I come from um, a, a small community in New Jersey in the United States. And everybody, you know, the end all be all is to go to college and university. And I thought, well, I'm, 17, 18 years old, I have no idea what I want to be, what I want to do, what my purpose is, what I should even study. And so that kind of led to this desire to take a trip around around the world. And, and I, had, I had never really left my country. So um, just twist and turn and many countries later, I uh, end up meeting a really good Nepali friend. Um, and she was a refugee living in northeastern India. And she really wanted to take me back to her village and also find her village and her identity. So that brought me to the country of Nepal in the Midwestern region. And as we were traveling, my friend Anita and I, we stumbled ap- upon a dry riverbed where children were breaking these rocks, these rock breakers. And, you know, the issues around child labor And what happens when a child doesn't have their most basic human needs and rights met, they end up having to work to earn a living. And there was just this moment kind of watching young, small children ages four and five and six breaking rocks to survive that just broke me and, and made me really stop and think about my place and my purpose and and my privilege. And, um, I got really, really entrenched with the Nepali community during that trip and in the years to come, I learned the language and realized that a lot of times the Nepali people in these communities have really good solutions and know how to solve these problems. So joining hands with the local community, we started to work on addressing these really complex issues facing the community, facing children. And um, I've been now living in Nepal for 18 years, almost half my life uh, with an amazing Nepali team, my co-founder Tope. And we run a school and a women's center and a children's home and a safe home for girls and a college program where our kids go on to higher education and um, part of our, our program is that, yes, we take kids in to live in our home, um, me with a team of other Nepali co-parents, and it's been, it's been quite a journey.
0: Wow, amazing. And, you know, like you mentioned that you started to help this one child to change the life of one person, and then you felt really addicted, you felt like your soul was calling to help more children. And, you know, what's been one of this wisdom or the learnings that you've gained through helping Hima in the first place, and then other people, because I think there's so many things we can learn from children. Yeah, so
1: I used to think, like in Hema's case, okay, just put them into school, put the child into school, remove that barrier of child labor, and everything will be okay, just with a backpack and an enrollment fee. But actually, when a child is up against this multidimensional, very complex poverty and the issues surrounding poverty, uh, economic, cultural, social, are these are very complicated issues, and it requires a community and an ecosystem around these children, um, around their communities, uh, to really create multi dimensional layers of support. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that this, like, scratch the surface, give a kid a pencil and a notebook and a backpack would work, but as you know, I got to learn from the community. And as we as a team started to put our our heads together and our hearts together, we realized that it's not just one thing, right? Like, for example, you can enroll a child into kindergarten, and it's great. I mean, one or two years of primary school education will have dramatic effects on that child's future and trajectory. But then we've got children who have, are drinking dirty contaminated water. We've got kids who you know don't have access to medical. We have early marriage. We have economic threats, threats to basic safety and well-being, um, sustainability issues in the environment. And, and, and so things get really, really complicated. And what we tried to do at Blink now is create all of these facets, surrounding a community like women and mothers orphan prevention so that a child doesn't have to become an orphan in the first place um and that's kind of what we tried to develop that's kind of what we learned and through all of our programs working together from women's empowerment to sustainability to family strengthening and social work we realized that this child can be raised with a healthy loving nurturing community so it's not just the child it's the whole community um And all of the facets of what creates a healthy community, because ultimately what creates a successful child comes from a successful, healthy, thriving community and family as well.
0: Wow, I love that. And I, I, I love that you, you know, you include the whole spectrum of things just apart from education. But you did mention that education is a huge part of that, which in this world, it lacks in certain ways, and not everyone has the access to it. You know, in your experience, from what you saw, how do you feel could the education improve? How would you do it different, like around the world, or especially in Nepal? What's the things that you're working towards too?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you the example of Nepal. We live in a very uh, food deficit region um, where there's lots of unemployment. There, it's really difficult to grow food because of the mountains. It's a landlocked country, so import uh, importing food is also difficult. So we talk about education, education, education. But if a child doesn't have food, Mm -hmm. right? This hierarchy of needs, then how can they start to think about education? If your belly is hungry things get really complicated you can't be if if you're dying of malnutrition then you can't think about education education's up here so i think that as we think about education we have to think of this holistic model where education is food it's the food system it's the water system it's health and wellness mental health and and really strengthening the the social fabric of what a school really means and expanding our definition of what school and education really is. Because when we think of education, we think of like a desk and a teacher and a chalkboard, but it actually is so much more. It's this full service, this whole picture. Food is one important factor. So we introduced a nutrition program with lunch and local farmers and local agriculture. And with that, kids started coming to school and staying in school, but food became really, really important, right? And you can say the same for water, you can say, say the same for mental health and counseling support, you can say the same for enrichment activities, right? Um, so I think our definition of, and what we think of education just has to be expanded in order to reach the entire human family and entire and in order to reach children suffering from the effects of poverty.
0: Yeah. Well, I I like that. And it totally makes sense. You know, if someone is like unhealthy, like you can barely think of education. And, you know, how do you feel that other people or the world could support that? Because when we collectively come together, things grow faster, collaborations. And I think a lot of people, they do donations. Other people think they should do volunteering. There's so many ways and angles. But, like, what's kind of the way you think would be the greatest support for you and like to grow that faster?
1: Yeah. I think. There is no one way. It's just about everybody doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not giving up on our humanity and everyone just doing their part, what they can with what they have where they are. And I think, you know, the world can be so messed up and people can just get so scared and overwhelmed by all of the issues and all of the problems, especially our generation growing up in this world, that it's easy to be like, oh and just freeze or put a wall up around you and your family and the people you love and just say, okay, I can only control this. So I'm only gonna care about this. But again, I think we have to expand our definition of family and the human family. And I think we have to collectively work as one planet, one people to act in the best interests of children. Because when we take care of children, you know this thing that we can we should all be able to agree on can we all agree that children are special and valuable and a natural resource and sacred and vulnerable and worth fighting for and worth protecting and worth finding peace for if we can agree on that and if we can find a way to unite around children and that means everything education well-being non-violence then We had a generation of children who were truly loved and nurtured and kept safe and educated in in a holistic sense. I think the world would automatically improve and be a better place. So my advice is focus on children, focus on how we can create a better world for the next generation. We need to start thinking a few generations ahead. And I don't know, I think this at this time, we're just like quick, fast, easy distraction, what's in front of us instead of like focusing on what's whole and real and important, which is we all need to exist on this planet together and we need to care for each other and we need to protect, we need to protect each other, all of our children, not just yours or mine or our neighbors or this country, all of our children, they're all ours. And somehow we've gotten away Mm -hmm. from that. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah, definitely and you know i think what you do in in making social impact social entrepreneurship i think it's one of the most complex form of entrepreneurship because it has so many layers and when i was actually 14 i was like brainstorming the biggest world problems and one of them was like religious wars where poverty climate change um you know like sexual trafficking and things and you know all the forces child labor work there was a lot of these things but i kind of came myself to the conclusion it starts with the awareness. It starts with the proper education. But then again, it's very controversial, because then you need to also take care of the health and wellness and all of these things. And I I think like to do that, it's like, I feel when we start with the children, there's so much in the roots that we can do, like, because children are so so pure you know like they're so like they they can learn a lot we can create a lot of leaders and in this generation a lot of things are really as you mentioned like messed up as well and I think also those children that you help some of them must have a lot of massive traumas from you know like certain fears certain pains and what are some of the challenges that you had like raising those children especially if they have fears trauma coming up like I can't like it's really hard to imagine but like what's your experience on that
1: yeah I mean we we all have pain and trauma but specifically a child who has lost their parents or as you know you know gone through something so unthinkable or unimaginable um I think the important thing to remember is I not a trained professional and i learned that very early on but there are incredible people who specialize in mental health and ptsd and counseling and support and i've been so lucky to find those incredible nepali social workers um so i work with a team of some of the best brightest um most incredible people and they are men and women and um, Nepali and humanitarians and teachers and educators and social workers and gardeners and aunties and uncles and food prepper, you know, so that's been really key and critical. And I think as an entrepreneur, as a co-founder and, and, and one aspect of a leader in, in the organization, my job is to bring on other people who can support all of the different goals and initiatives and challenges that we are up against. So we have a counseling center. um, We have a a clinic. Uh, We do a lot in the space of psychosocial uh, counseling and healing and and coming together. and, And that's been really important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. Beautiful. And, you know, like I I can imagine that every child has a different trauma, different story, and you have like all these professionals and things. And you also mentioned you've been now living a while in Nepal and, you know, like because you're taking care of all these children there and things. How has your life shifted? Because you're originally from New Jersey and you were only 22, like in your 20s when you started that. And there's so much evolution that went on over the past years. Like, people discovering your story and things like how did your life change
1: um i mean i started very very young um with a lot to learn um, and a team to build um so what started as like just my co-founder and i and and as our friends and family and <laughs> the community loc- very local community a small group of people in Nepal has grown and expanded into a team Our impact has increased. As far as my personal life, um, you know, I I started, yeah, very, very young with a lot to learn. Um, And I think you just kind of build up resilience and learning, and and bring the ability to bring on more people um, to help grow your strategies and your plan, and. Recently, I, I fell in love. I got married. My husband's also in Nepal now. With we have two biological children in addition to our Nepal family.
0: Wow! Congratulations! That's so beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's been it's been a journey. I actually really love my life, and I feel really grateful to live here and 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 work amongst people who inspire me and also still remain connected to Canada and and the US and North America where I'm from, where my husband's from. So it all feels like a gift. And it's also been really, really difficult. I've had hard years, hard months, you know, ups and downs, wanting to give up, wanting to quit. But you know, at the end of the day, we're here and we're doing amazing work. And I'm and I'm really proud of the impact that we've made as an organization and what starts as a Kind of my, myself and my co-founder has grown into into a worldwide team and a family and and a movement. and that's been really, really cool. and i'm I'm really grateful for that as well.
0: I love that so much. And I love how you really embody the movement, you know, because I think there's something like this energy, this heart, this calling that you can sense through people. And I feel it's so genuine the way in the work you do. I saw some of your YouTube videos and things, and I've been literally crying my eyes out seeing you doing all this work. Um, and, you know, like one of the things I'd be curious on is like, what's the thing at the core that really drives you to always keep going? Because doing such things is amazing, but it comes. Comes with as you mentioned, a lot of adversities, things that doesn't work out, and frustration. So, what's the you know what's the thing that always keeps you going at core?
1: Um, I think just looking into the eyes of a child. I mean, if you have a child in your life, and or anyone who's listening, watching has a child in their life, there when you look at the face of a child, it is impossible for me to feel anything other than hope, and wonder, and joy. And purpose and like why <laughs> like why do we do this well just I don't know this capacity for love that I just it was unimaginable until I came to love the children in my life and that's always been my anchor that's always been my why that's always been something that I would you know lay my life on the line for is and at the end of the day I won't be here forever <laughs> like I'm going as well and all I can do is leave a legacy where I I tried I did everything I could um, for the children I love and my children and and this <laughs> amidst so much distraction and and chaos to just try to do something better for 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 the children in 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 my life. So yeah, that's that's been it for me. That's kind of been everything for me when the going gets tough it's it's always been like just children let's let's get let's do this we can't wait we don't have the luxury of just waiting around while children are hungry or cold and not being protected because there's war and bombs and lack of opportunity and inequality it's just it's not right it's not right and it's not going to lead us anywhere
0: Yeah no definitely but it, it's so beautiful you know that that you can make this deep connection with the children as well on things and you know you mentioned like raising so many children like 65 children and like orphans and all of that like I think with every child comes a new story a new challenge a new wonder and maybe also with your experience you change the way you maybe raise them what's been one of the profound changes like from the first children that you raised versus the sixtieth child (laughs) so because there were so many children so you know what's been your learnings around that yeah so remarkably
1: we've had a very like a very consistent team you know our founding team is still there um to raise a child it does take a village that is so true um so my biggest kind of knowing and learning this whole way through is like you have to have that team around you. Um, so that's something that's remained consistent. Um, parenting, like anything else and childhood, it's an evolution. And when you know more, you do better. <laughs> when you know more, you do more. Uh, when you know better, you do better, as Maya Angelou says. So, so when I started, I was super young, very high energy. I was just like, go, go, go. And with... Um, Each and every child, you learn that what works for one doesn't work for another. Every child is individualistic. They need different things. They have different needs. Um, And yeah, I think over the years, I've grown more patient. I've grown more. I used to like just, you know, want it to be so rushed. And now I'm a bit slower. Um, The village has gotten stronger, which is great, which is so important. Um, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I miss 22-year-old Maggie mom, who, like, I could just go all the time, and, and now um, 36-year-old Maggie mom is, like, a bit slower, <laughs> and I wonder, but I also think with my age, I've gotten wiser. I've gotten, you know, I've been through this a few times. I've been around the block, and so... I know different strategies, different modalities, different, different ways. And the next child who comes in will need something completely different than the previous. So it's just knowing that and kind of working with it. And I think in parenting, it's like, if something doesn't work, try something else. If this doesn't work, try something else. So, yeah. And then a lot of it's really like fun and family. Every child just needs family and to be seen, to be heard, to be nurtured to laugh, to heal. So a lot of those kind of core themes remain true no matter the child. And then there's little things, you know, you need to tweak based on you've got a a kid who's a superstar athlete. You've got a kid who can't, you know, doesn't like sports. You've got a kid who really loves studying and reading and a kid that doesn't like academics in the same way. You've got a kid that loves, um, Makes friends really easy. And a kid that doesn't, they're more introverted. So kind of just learning how to work with each and every, uh, each and every different kind of personality and child,
0: a lot like life and humans. We're, We're very complicated. But, you know, I like that because you mentioned like, you know, it's like a house and there are like so many children living there, 60 plus children, and every child is different. You have like tornadoes going on and then the other one is like very chill. And as you mentioned, and there's so many dynamics around that. And obviously you have a team, but how do you manage that? differences because there are so many at once you know and I think a lot of parents they already struggle having two kids one kid and you're like 65 orphans so how do you manage that dynamics
1: I read a lot I read parenting books I'm always working on myself when I'm at my best when I'm rested and I'm taking care of myself I'm a better parent mm-hmm. um, because so much of this is like intuition and yeah operating at your best so i've learned that i follow um you know the child behavior science i follow the experts i surround myself with people who love children and, and 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 are learning and wanting to grow and evolve and and follow the science and follow the um all the different parenting strategies that are out there parenting is such a complex issue and there's we're so lucky to be growing up in this time where yeah, there's like so many new methodologies, positive parenting and conscientious parenting. And so, yeah, just you try different things, you read different things. I love Dr. Dan Siegel. He's one of my gurus. Um, I love Dr. Becky. she's <laughs> She runs uh, Good Inside. It's a platform on Instagram where she gives like little parenting hacks which is awesome and yeah I find my mentors right like I'm going to be a mentor to my children then I need to have good mentors so and we just try our best every day I can't say that I'm the perfect mom and I'm the perfect parent and that I handle every moment perfectly I've I've fall too and I you know if i lose my patience or i'm short-tempered and I, oh, I i didn't like the way i handled that situation then i say sorry and it, a lot of parenting is just about like keeping communication open and honest and and centered in an open heart and i tr- really try to do that but we're never going to be perfect all the time and then you hope that the parenting team in the village around you has the skills and the patience in those moments when you just can't find it for yourself. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I can imagine. Like it's it's a whole art like to do that and orchestrate that around as well. And I'm sure also mm-hmm. like everything that you do has impacted probably also your family, your friends, everyone around like wants to transform. What was the reaction of your family? Like after you went to Nepal and now you live there and you know, you built this up. Like what was the initial reaction and how did the reaction evolve further right now?
1: My family has always been really supportive and involved. And I mean, at first it was so hard, the distance. And this all started in 2005 when we didn't have Zoom or these smartphones to stay in touch. and um, So communication, I would say, living in a different place has gotten easier. Distance has gotten easier. Um, And yeah, but always like very, very supportive and my family has grown and expanded, and n- now seeing my older children, they're also traveling and moving around the world and going to college and getting jobs. So it's just, it's always, it's always been kind of family-centered. Nice. <laughs> Can you hear me? The connection was
0: gone.
1: It for a second yeah but we're back
0: all right well thank you so much it's so amazing and you know lastly what would you say to all the parents out there or people surrounding a lot of children what's the message you would share with all the people having children out there
1: we got this we're all in this together um stay positive, stay hopeful, let's all join hands for for children and keep changing the world together and, and keep remembering our why. <laughs> we do this for, for children. And um, yeah, we can do this. We can make the world a better place. We call our organization Blink Now because in the blink of an eye, we can make the world better. Mm-hmm. We can do better for our children. <laughs>
0: I love that. I, I love the name of your company. And, you know, lastly, you also have a book that people can purchase. Um, it's called, you know, Between the Mountain and the Sky. Could you tell us a bit like what the book is by? Like what what inspired you to write this book and how can people um, purchase that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, the book is available anywhere books are sold. Um, you can ask your local bookstore. Um can order it online. It's just a memoir. Um, it's the story of Nepal. It's a love letter to Nepal, a love letter for the children who I've gotten to love and learn from. And, um, it's heartbreak, it's hope, it's, it's, um, about how, how we can make this place better. Yeah. I, it's, it's been really, really a gift to write it and share it with the world. And if you want to learn more, it's, (laughs) it goes into a lot more detail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) thank you i'm
0: gonna um, tag the links below so people can purchase that as well as your instagram social handles so people can connect with you thank you so much maggie for taking your time sharing your story for inspiring um you know and for helping so many souls around the world and again like you touch my soul and i yeah every time i speak to you i'm almost about about to tear up honestly because i love children and for me although i don't have children yet it's like one of the biggest, I would say mission around the world, like to do that because it has so much responsibility. And when children grow well, we have better leaders and we look for different generation that is upcoming. And I feel it it could change so much to do that. So I totally support your mission. And again, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay, beautiful souls, thank you so much for taking time out of your day life to untangle wisdom and abundance on all levels. If you feel connection to this audio experience, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Your Universal Way, and my personal Instagram, Austin o c i n j u n And always remember, there is no right or wrong way, just your universal way. See you next time.